0: Man, first Edge, then Christian. Who who else could possibly return next? Like, is the Gobbledygooka gonna make another return? Are we gonna see the return of Kerwin White? Uh, the return of the Spirit Squad? I mean, is there anybody else who could possibly- Huh? Corey Graves. Wait, does anybody retire anymore? Ladies, gentlemen, and ladies, gentlemen, my fictional friends, welcome back to this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast, the podcast where I pitch to you wrestling storylines from the good to the bad to the damn right insane. My name is Connor and I admit that I'm recording this really late in the day because life happens. I'm really sorry if this comes out really late. I've I've had a bunch of things to do. And I'm finding the time to do it. Anyways. Life goes on. And as life goes on, things keep on keeping on. As we found out via Fightful that Corey Graves has been cleared to return to the ring. Huh? Nani? What? <laughs> so, in case you did not know, or had never even knew this, Corey Graves was a professional wrestler before he became a commentator down in NXT, then getting called up to the main roster. He was one of the big top stars kind of before the NXT boom period that we saw, you know, with the likes of Sami Zayn, Neville, uh, Samoa Joe, Nakamura, Bobby Roode, Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, all, all of the nine yards of people who came from NXT. He was one of those very early guys, and he showed a lot of promise at that time. And it's always kind of been a mystery for a lot of people. What would have happened if Corey Graves got called up at the exact same time? To to put into better perspective for people who have never seen Corey Graves wrestle before, or didn't know his time down in NXT. He was kind of in that mix where he would have been called up roughly the same time as The Shield, or... Kind of in that vein of when Neville, Sami Zayn, and uh, Tyler Breeze were getting called up during NXT. And for a lot of people, myself included, there was a lot of things- Ah! Holy! Holy! Okay, so... uh, What felt like a laser beam just kind of passed by for a second there. And that's because it's time for a brand new segment, FICTIONAL FEVER TIME! This is basically my long, convoluted way of basically saying, I asked you on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Wrestling with Fiction, what your thoughts were on Corey Grace potentially returning to the ring. Now, at first, I was reluctant to do this purely because on Twitter, we didn't get any responses. On Instagram, we got no responses. On TikTok, however, you guys were ruthless. <laughs> we had over 40 comments discussing their own opinions on whether Corey Graves should return to the ring. Their own personal thoughts on the guy. And to be honest, to my surprise, it was really mixed. And this ain't just like me expecting everybody to love Corey Graves. But I was like really surprised by some of the comments. We had some varying from... They've never even knew him as a wrestler before he was a commentator. Some saying that he shouldn't return to the ring because of his history with concussions. Others just saying that they can't wait and they think it's awesome that he could come back. Others even speculating that, hey, maybe he could turn up in the Royal Rumble. Honestly, that seems like a very cool realistic possibility, especially in in all things 2022. There ain't many, like, big rumble spots yet to fill. And it'd be another very cool, very cool return. Others also talked about how it was just something where they didn't really like his ing ring work because of just sort of the style he had. You guys really came in with a great mixture of opinions. So if you found me on TikTok at Wrestling With Fiction, or you were thinking about commenting at Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction, or maybe you just saw the post on Twitter, thank you for at least taking a look. Some of this stuff is incredible to look at. I am I am still absolutely floored with the amount of responses that we got. I know I'm pretty much scooting over a bunch of them, but they were all fantastic. Good, bad, positive, negative. Thank you all so much for tuning in, giving your own thoughts and opinions on what on earth Corey Graves could be doing. And for me, I can't thank you enough with that. If by any chance you want this segment to come back where I just kind of run through basic summaries of comments that were left about this wrestler or particularly not feel free to comment about next week's episode which I will be posting on Thursday by the way at Wrestling With Fiction on Twitter, Instagram and even TikTok that will be a big help as it always is and with it, I'm going to cut down the fever time, as much as I, I really like using the fever time music. If you've played Yakuza, this is where the music's from. I'll have a link in the description, along with timestamps to all the other parts of this episode. So, with that, out of the way, I believe it's time, just through going through that very mixed response, to talk about Corey Graves' WWE career in about four minutes. This this will be interesting. So, I guess the reason why people tend to forget Corey Graves has run NXT is mostly because he spent more time as a commentator now than as a pro wrestler. Having signed with the company back in 2011 as part of the old FCW days, Corey Graves would eventually debut with his tag team partner Jake Carter on the very early tapings of NXT back in 2012. Graves eventually would eventually re-establish himself as a villainous singles competitor back in November 2012, defeating Oliver Grey. You might remember him as the future tag team partner of a certain Adrian Neville. Following this and having various matches against Yoshitatsu, he would eventually have himself a NXT Championship match against Seth Rollins in which he would be unable to capture the title via a disqualification following interference from the Shield. After this he would succeed in various other singles victories over his former partner Jake Carter, Alex Riley and various others eventually getting another shot at the NXT title. He would still unfortunately lose this in a Lumberjack match, however, he would quickly transition into a feud with the Wyatt family, including the leader, Bray Wyatt. After being eliminated in a battle royal, Graves would eventually team with Cassius Ohno to unsuccessfully challenge for the NXT Tag Team titles held by Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Whilst he would be unsuccessful at this point, he would eventually find himself in a partnership with Adrian Neville being able to eventually capture the tag team titles on the July 18th episode of NXT. The pair would hold the belt for several months until they would eventually drop the titles to Connor and Victor of the Ascension, starting off their historic NXT title run. After failing to regain the titles, Corey Graves would turn on Neville, eventually provoking him and turning heel in the process. They traded victories back and forth until Corey Graves suffered a legitimate concussion Rendering him inactive. Yeah, this is where this all starts. He would eventually return in January 2014 to begin a program with Sami Zayn, where he would actually pick up a couple victories over Sami Zayn and eventually get another concussion. This would be the final concussion that Corey Graves suffers, however, as whilst he would return at NXT TakeOver Our Evolution, It wouldn't be for him to return to the ring, it would be him to announce his retirement. Due to several concussions and his own concern for his health and well-being, Corey Graves was then assigned to be NXT's lead commentator for several months. Months until he would eventually get called up in the draft alongside various other NXT talent to be one of the head commentators for Monday Night Raw. Where he's been pretty much ever since. Whilst he's made a couple of appearances on SmackDown here and there, Corey Graves has very much became one of the vocal main figures of WWE's announced team. He's really made good on his sort of like promise of being a well-established talent. And honestly, considering his situation, what can you really do for it? He made the most of his opportunities and whilst he was unfortunately given a concussion, he made the most of it and made himself a commentator for one of the biggest wrestling companies in the world. And now with the latest reports that he can potentially return to the ring of a fightful his history in the ring is relatively unknown. And for many this news brings a whole new world of possibilities. And that's basically Corey Graves in WWE. It's not long. Quite frankly, you could see, even just like watching his run and re rewatching a couple of his matches, the guy would have fit like a glove on the main roster at the time. In 2013-2014, his whole style would have came in right before the big boom of big NXT call-ups, who eventually made the style of WWE far more physical and athletic. Corey Grimes would have been a great fit for just that like, dastardly heel that you kind of wanted to hate. Corey Graves, just, like, in general, in terms of his appearance, his demeanor, the way he carried himself in the ring, for many at the time, it kind of felt like he could have been a replacement for CM Punk. Not necessarily the next big thing, but a kind of look and demeanor that kind of carried a similar, I guess, presence about it. You know, the nickname the savior of misbehavior was quite apt for Corey Graves' time in NXT. And I think for a lot of people, there was a lot of stones left unturned. Big what-if moments for Corey Graves as a WWE superstar. Because he was already being featured on house shows. It felt like a call-up was potentially imminent. But that is a mystery left for time. And, you know, you know what rhymes with time? A little segment I like to call... The tagline! Yes, I'm still sticking with that segue... Because the tagline is... Oh my god, why did I do that? The tagline is... My summary... Of what I plan to do with the wrestler... Or even wrestlers of the week. Think of it like a summary that you'd see on... Insert your favourite streaming service... Like Netflix, Amazon, Crunchyroll... Or whatever random show that you like to watch. And it's in this moment that I want to ask every single one of you. Why on earth did we not get a Finn Balor versus Daniel Bryan feud back when he was eco-friendly Daniel Bryan. Over the fact that Finn Balor wears a leather jacket. Doesn't the story write itself? (laughs) Like just like Daniel Bryan coming and being like, oh, look at these people eating these meats, and Finn Balor's like, yeah, but I've got a shiny leather jacket. Isn't that nice? Don't you like my leather jacket? And Bryan's like, no, that's bad for the environment, like the environment I'm about to give to every single one of you when I summarize my plans for Corey Graves this week. So ladies and gentlemen, my fictional friends, please give me your energy. AS I ASK MYSELF FROM THE FUTURE TO CUE THAT MUSIC! So, the idea of Corey Graves coming back to the ring needs a ton of re-establishing. Let's- let's be honest here and take it where it is. As much as I love Corey Graves in NXT, there isn't much to the casual WWE audience that knows about Corey Graves' time in the ring. Granted, you know, some of us people who've been watching wrestling for a long time, we're aware of Corey Graves' history. Well, going to be needing a lot of re-establishing to get him to be a credible member of the WWE roster. That also meaning that we can acknowledge and take advantage of something that Corey Graves has. That's a lot of history with these competitors. Keep in mind, Corey Graves has spent the majority of his career in WWE as a commentator. He has watched all of these people get called up, put into higher or even lower ends of the card, and he's watched every single one of them. If there is a logical reason for someone to get legit tape study from live in front of a ring, it's Corey Graves. So there's a great bit of psychological stuff that we could work with, Corey The idea that he's been watching for so many years, and is now immediately aware of nearly everybody on the roster's moves, main techniques, all this other stuff, to a point where he can manipulate it to his own advantage. Keep in mind, you know, for those who watched NXT, Corey Graves' entire style was this very focused, pinpoint, attack the leg, attack any type of body part that seems vulnerable. There was a reason he was called the saviour of misbehaviour, and it was because he took advantage of every situation. And when thinking about that, and thinking about the potential of a Corey Graves return, there's a lot to think about, considering how much the landscape of WWE has changed in the past several years that Corey Graves has been in WWE. So my tagline this week for Corey Graves, which I think will be the through line throughout this booking is, Returning from a career-threatening injury, a former commentator goes back to his roots, rekindling the rebellion that led others to fear his name. Corey Graves, for the majority of his career, was a heel with a finish that, if any of you don't remember the lucky 13, is incredibly awesome-looking finish. If you guys have seen Robbie Eagles' finish, the submission he does, that is Corey Graves' finish as well, and it's devastating, it's like a reverse figure 4. Visually, that's pretty awesome, you can make some ton of potential stuff with that move, and it will be fresh and different on the WWE roster that has had so many leg submissions be based around the figure 4, or just a heel hook, or whatever other finish, it feels incredibly different, it make Corey stand out, And in this time where wrestlers are coming and going so fast that we can barely even keep track. Having someone like Corey Graves suddenly re-inject himself into WWE has a lot of potential for potential conflicts, potential new stories, and maybe even some potential returns down the line. So, without further ado, please, if you've stuck around this far, please implore me as I attempt to book... And re establish Corey Graves as an active in ring competitor, all starting from Act 1. So, our story begins at what better place than the Royal Rumble? Specifically during the men's Royal Rumble, as the commentary team Corey Graves, Michael Cole, and Byron Saxton sit on to watch the ever-so-spectacular and eye-opening Royal Rumble. One where, just recently, Xavier Woods, sitting at ringside, has been assaulted by incredibly angry Damien Priest. Yes, the injured King Woods, who originally was going to be eliminated, but then you found out about leg injuries. Ooh, I hope Woods recovers where basically he has been eliminated by Kofi Kingston and the rage from Damian Priest throws Xavier Woods straight into the course of Corey Graves. Corey Graves is hit by incredibly large King Woods right into his skull. The very skull that we have mentioned already before has experienced several concussions throughout his WWE career. It's during this that Xavier Woods quickly recovers, getting to his feet as Corey Graves looks on incensed. He begins to quickly go up to King Woods, in which Byron Saxon and Michael Cole quickly get off the commentary desk to hold him back. And with it, Corey Graves allows him to walk away. It's during this that we get a very simple and very quick little look over to Corey Graves' face, who quickly just feels around his neck and feels around his skull. And he gives this, this little bit of a grin. And he just goes back to the commentary desk and sits down. The very next week, post-Royal Rumble, makes a very much surprising appearance on commentary, replacing Pat McAfee for a unspecified reason. Possibly during a podcast during this time. We don't know what Pat McAfee is doing. But during an ad read by Mo- Michael Cole, possibly advertising who knows what. League of Legends, Rocket League, k Jewelers, maybe even Dragon Guard or Yu Yu Hakusho, because that happened where Corey Graves, during this ad read, goes to the ring. He grabs a microphone, and he feels around the ropes, almost like he's going back to his very old pro wrestling days. And he asks in his own words to have an audience with the King. He calls out King Woods. He demands that King Woods apologises for being at ringside during a Royal Rumble, which he wasn't even scheduled to be in, and putting himself in harm's way and in turn risking Corey Graves' life once again. Xavier Woods comes out and initially sort of like laughs it off saying that it wasn't entirely his fault. It was the actions of Damien Priest. He would have never attacked Corey Graves in that situation. Quite frankly, he was thrown into him. He tries to laugh it off as the New Day have a very exclusive history with Corey Graves after making fun of him and throwing jackets at him on several occasions. It's during this that Corey Graves isn't having it. Graves says that this is not a joke. He has a wife and he has children who depend on him now. And it is his lack of consideration for his safety that brought him to the edge. This would have never happened if King Woods did what he had to do and stay out of the Royal Rumble match. He starts talking about his time back in NXT. How he had... So much potential. But now he all he's done is thrown it away with video games and pancakes. Corey Graves continues saying that you weren't so much more dangerous back then. Then the machine changed you. Changed him into a pathetic pantomime of a person. A wrestler. And a father. Xavier Woods nearly throws a punch. But Kofi Kingston quickly comes in to make the save. Keep in mind, you know. These commentators shouldn't be attacked by wrestlers at all and left for very rare occasions. And it's during this that Corey Graves, he smiles, but he keeps this very dead set look in his eyes as Michael Cole orders Corey Graves to come back to the commentary desk and continue the show. On the very next episode of Raw, several days after this Friday night episode of SmackDown, Saxton confronts Graves in a sit-down interview as he's currently not present on Raw due to provoking a WWE superstar. Byron tries to convince Corey Graves that they're not wrestlers anymore. What they did in NXT and what they used to do in the old WWE days don't happen anymore. They have their issues at the booth but they can't project them onto wrestlers. Byron also ending it on... We're not meant to leave a mark in the ring. Corey leaves upon hearing that, and we don't really see Corey for several weeks. And it's during this that once again we get a fast lane pay per view. And who's on the fast lane pay per view, you may ask? It is a WWE SmackDown tag team title match. The New Day taking on the Usos. And it's at the end of the match when the Usos have successfully retained the tag team titles and Kofi Kingston has already hobbled away and out of the ring and into sort of the backstage area that a man in a hoodie completely masked, completely covered assaults Xavier Woods, hitting him with a chop block to the back of the leg the injured leg that he had been sidelined for for four to six weeks prior to coming back the man takes off his hoodie he rips off Xavier Woods crown and he reveals himself to be none other Than Corey Graves. He looks out to the WWE universe, gives the same smile that he's been giving for the past several weeks, and he locks in the Lucky 13 as security guards all attempt to rush in and take Corey Graves out of this submission, but he just won't let go. It's at this point, of course, Byron Saxon's reacting like: this is an absolute shocker. This should not be happening, I've seen him, we've joked around, we've had our banter back and forth, but this is not the Corey Graves that I remember on the desk, this is the Corey Graves that I remember in NXT. Over the next weeks we don't see Corey Graves on television, it's been reported that Xavier Woods has been sidelined for an additional few weeks, and we get several NXT video packages putting over Corey Graves' time in NXT, how he was a former NXT Champion, how he's defeated the likes of, and brought into near contests against main eventers like Seth Rollins. It's over the next few weeks when Xavier Woods makes his return that he demands a match with Corey Graves that Adam Pearce initially refuses. Adam Pierce reveals that Corey Graves has been fired as a commentator for assaulting a WWE superstar and sources in WWE have tried to reach Corey Graves for additional comments but all he simply said to them was I'm going to fix this place one way or another and that's all we hear of Corey Graves and it's at this point Byron continues to attempt to plea to Corey Graves to come back to the desk he's been sending several DMs to him saying just come back you don't have to do this where where did this come from one week ago you were saying that you, you were doing this for the sake of your wife your kids and your family why are you doing this and it's at this point that Corey Graves he comes in from the crowd uh, security attempt to stop him but Byron allows him to just simply walk on through he asks what happened to Xavier Woods, what happened to Corey Graves. They all, they all just came to NXT, Corey says, and they were promised to be superstars. But in the end, he says, all those promises came crashing down. They stuck Xavier Woods with unicorn horns, and they left me behind a booth. Corey Graves continues to say that, hey, that what he did to Xavier Woods was simply knocking some sense back into him and more importantly himself Corey Graves says that he was never meant to be in the machine he was always meant to be its malfunction Byron says that what he's doing is dangerous after all those years of concussions it's, it's going to drive him mad he shouldn't be doing this protect yourself And Corey simply says nothing And he locks in the lucky 13 on Byron Saxon, refusing to let go. This isn't some 24-7 title joke anymore. As more security guards attempt to restrain Corey Graves as he refuses to let go of the hold. It's during this that King Woods comes in to make the save. And with it, Corey Graves quickly hightails it out of the ring. On Smackdown, he's been given an audience by Adam Pearce to essentially vent his mind essentially give him one more chance to return to the old life as a commentator despite being fired and corey explains that while he was first angry with xavier woods he realized then that he was thrown into was fine his neck was fine his mind was clear he wasn't angry he was frustrated and more importantly the corey graves of old was reawakened. Not as a commentary pencil pusher, but now as the saviour of misbehaviour. He spoke to Adam Pearce with his demands and he made it simple. He begs to Adam Pearce and he begs to Xavier Woods. that if he wants the match, he signed as an active competitor. And if he wins at WrestleMania, he becomes an active member of the SmackDown roster. If he loses, He leaves the company for good leaves all of this past behind the history of concussions gone and with it his goal that he's been trying to chase for the past seven years and so we've eventually reached at this point wrestlemania corey graves versus king woods with it it's very much a back and forth thing to get over Corey Graves' offense, the very tactical nature, how he focuses on the injured leg of King Woods, and with it, eventually through a mistimed and eventually crash and burn situation with the limit break elbow from Xavier Woods, Corey Graves locks in the Lucky 13 and secures his spot on the WWE Smackdown roster. It's not a commentator, but an active competitor. Corey Graves looks to the very special Wrestlemania themed King Woods gear the crown and the cape and he rips off a section of that cape and then he wraps it around one of his newly made sort of tights and he simply holds it to his ankle he walks out of the arena and stares into the camera where he simply says scars are coming WWE be ready for them. And with it, this leads to all the stuff with Corey Graves being actively cleared and him now being an official member of the SmackDown roster, having conquered a former friend, ally, or maybe even enemy down in NXT, as they were both active at the time, as we head into Act 2. At the beginning of Act 2 is the post-Mania episode of SmackDown. Corey Graves is reveling in the victory that he just had over King Woods. Corey Graves then quickly turns his attention to his mission, his goal, now that he's been signed. Corey says that he has watched from the sidelines as the chaos of WWE has moulded all of his former friends, his colleagues, into spineless nobodies much like how he was for the past several years as a WWE commentator. He says, they all claim that they want to change, but are all afraid to get their hands dirty. Everybody in WWE is a villain. They've all just been blinded into believing that they were the superheroes the whole time. Corey Graves continues to say that He pleads to the WWE locker room to see his way. See what happened to them in NXT. And what happened to them on the main roster. How they've all changed for the worst. Corey says at the end of this promo that they should have left him as a commentator. Because he's about to use his voice to speak to the voiceless. And once again, change WWE. For the worse. Adam Pearce. Comes out to say that. Everything he's talking about is ridiculous. The WWE. Has held some of the most unique. And free spirited people. In all of professional wrestling. But because he thinks that all these people. Are villains. He says how about you take on a real superhero. And with it on the very first. Post Mania episode of Smackdown. Since Corey Graves' official. In ring return. He faces. He faces. Not Ricochet, but the Swiss Superman Cesaro. To an extent, a former NXT alum who was in NXT at the time when Cesaro and Corey Graves were both active competitors. Cesaro being in those incredible two out of three falls matches with a certain Samuel Zayn. Leave that in your thoughts for later. The two have a very back and forth match where Corey at every chance he gets ...quickly damages the leg of Cesaro and heads out of the ring and grabs a microphone and pleads to him... ...remember who you are... ...remember what they made you become... ...but the words don't quite get to Cesaro... ...babyface Cesaro, our Swiss Superman, the hero to the WWE Universe... ...Cesaro in fact picks up a win over Corey Graves after countering the lucky 13 into a roll-up for the 1-2-3... Keep in mind here, Cesaro did not break out of the hold. He simply manipulated it so that he could pick up a win, protecting the lucky 13 finish. And it's with this that Corey Graves immediately goes after Cesaro. At the end of the match, Corey Graves attacks Cesaro from behind, locking in the lucky 13, shouting to him, I'm sorry. And he says, this will fix you. I promise this will fix you as he once again holds it in tight letting go of the hold and hitting him with a steel chair to the legs again and again and again and again and with it Corey Graves he grabs something from underneath the ring he grabs he grabs a pair of dog collars something that whilst he doesn't have any real connection to the audience the commentary put over how back in NXT it was a very close grouped banded affair and very much in that time Cesaro was treated like one of the boys down in NXT who were desperately trying to get up to the main roster once again And with it he grabs the pair of dog colors and he leaves it on the chest of Cesaro begging for somebody to go help him out as he's carried out of the ring by insert your local medical facility people you know they don't like to say hospital. As we continue on from the story, the next week Corey continues his tirade, telling his story about being forced to become a commentator because of his circumstances out of his control. He says that if it was not because he was injured, but because WWE was afraid of getting concussed themselves, they were afraid that someone like Corey Graves would force WWE to change. As Corey Graves during this holds up some dog collars that he says that, that he will give to people who truly remember the change that Corey had wanted and promised down NXT. The saviour of misbehaviour bringing on brand new promises. It is at this point that Corey Graves leaves the ring and he heads backstage where he encounters a very old rival of his. That being Sami Zayn. The pair have a very brief stare down. Where Corey says. Well. As Corey Graves holds up. His dog collars. That he's been sort of parading around for. People who he claims to be the true. Makers of change. Victims who have been. Affected by the WWE system. And he simply looks to Sami Zayn. Whilst holding up these collars. (laughs) I guess Neville was right all along. You couldn't win the big one. And whether he walks away. And with it the next week, Kofi Kingston is set to take on Corey Graves in a response to what he did to Xavier Woods, which forces Graves out to the ring. And Graves says nothing until he has a very slight smirk and simply says and mutters, Welcome back. As Sami Zayn attacks Kofi Kingston from behind. Wearing the same dog colours that Corey Graves has been parading for the past fortnight of WWE programming. As they both collectively assault Kofi Kingston. With Corey once again locking in the lucky 13. And leaving his opponents motionless. The very next week. Sammy explains why he joined Corey Graves in a backstage segment. And he says he makes his intentions known that Sammy says that he joined Graves because he found out that Graves was right. He says that the WWE system as he got called up from his times in NXT back when they were feuding with each other back and forth. The WWE system forced him to try and be so perfect. His first night on WWE programming he ended up falling underneath that pressure and getting injured. And ever since then he never felt the same as it felt like NXT was pushing him out and WWE was slowly sucking him in. The once cool, kind, and calm Sami Zayn was being reverted into this into this conspiracy theorist. That, that wasn't what Sami Zayn was all about. It was about supporting and loving the WWE Universe, the fans, and all the people who chose to support Sami Zayn, but now it feels like it's all too far gone. And with it, Sami finalizes this and says that Whilst I had many conspiracies. but one conspiracy that I know to be true now is that WWE needs to change. And with it the pair hold up their dog colors in their fist and the segment ends. And with it next week Corey Graves and Sami Zayn are in tag team match after tag team match after tag team match until they are put in front of a local enhancement team in which they absolutely beat the living S-word out of. Once again, with this ongoing trend with Corey Graves, taking the sort of over-exaggerated parts of people's gimmicks, like capes and memorabilia, maybe even pieces of their jacket, and putting it onto his own ring gear. Almost like he's salvaging or taking away the... Gimmicks that forced him and Sami Zayn and many others in his class of NXT to drastically change for the worse. And with it, Corey Graves simply says at the end of it, as he grabs the microphone and says, They didn't come here to entertain. They came here to take over. Graves looks into the camera and he says once again, Maybe some of you will remember that phrase. Graves and Sammy leave the ring as... As the transition goes to the next segment, Happy Corbin's Music Plays as he comes out with Madcap Mops in a preparation for a potential NXT Tag Team number one contenders match. And with it, as this happens, Corey Graves shunts Corbin. The two lock eyes as Madcap Moss, completely belligerent to the whole thing, just looks so happy. And with it, Corbin immediately stops laughing. He stops laughing at the jokes that Madcap Moss is attempting to do as Corey Graves says Lone Wolf. Madcap continues to laugh for some reason, but Corbin looks silent. He looks almost kind of disturbed by this as he Quickly adjusts himself and tries to get himself ready for this next big match, which he is unfortunately unsuccessful with as he ends up taking the fall to insert baby face tag team here, and with it, you know madcap tries to confront Corbin and tell him hey look this is this is my fault man I, I should have helped out there but you know what would be even funnier if you just started to do something else that would be even funnier and with it Corbin doesn't even answer he just leaves the ring he leaves the ring as Madcap Moss tries to follow him behind and with it commentary starts referring to Corey Graves as this martyr of almost this person spreading a virus across the WWE making them try to remember what they were as vague as that may sound Graves is slowly becoming this dictator of sorts of a old generation of WWE superstars who were called up from past gone by and by this point Madcap Moss has eventually on the very next week of Smackdown TV found Baron Corbin he found him and with it, he he just says, "Hey, why? Where were you? I've been looking for you everywhere." And with it, Moss is quickly jumped by Sami Zayn and Corey Graves as Baron Corbin watches on, no longer happy. Corbin, Baron Corbin, as Moss, as he's being pummeled, is begging for Corbin just to help him, help him, please. As that all ends. Corey grabs another one of his dog collars that he has, you know, kept with him for all the constant weeks of SmackDown and passes it to Baron Corbin. Really starts to seem like a faction's forming here, people. Just in time, for some of you, for Money in the Bank, where Corey Graves, through Hook or by Crook, has gotten so many victories and so much of a notoriety across the SmackDown roster that he is being forced and self-inserted into the Money in the Bank ladder match. As with the help of his, you know, former enemies, alumni of NXT days, begin to help out Corey Graves in singles matches against the likes of Ricochet, Mansoor, Kofi Kingston, a returning King Woods, all guaranteeing him, thanks to the continued success of his group and himself, a shot at the Money in the Bank briefcase. Despite... Adam Pearce utter disgust at the fort. So it's at this point we have these competitors for the Money in the Bank. We have Corey Graves who forced his way into the Money in the Bank ladder match. Ricochet, Riddle, Kevin Owens, a returning Cesaro, Damian Priest, Sheamus and the former winner Big E. Now throughout the match the commentators put over how Graves has since becoming this martyr of the SmackDown roster, has had so many enemies established, much like Cesaro, who is officially returning at the pay-per-view, Big E, considering he's close friends with Xavier Woods, Ricochet, after having several defeats from him and the various other faction members that he's starting to build, and even potentially Damien Priest, the inadvertent catalyst for this sudden change in Corey Graves. Very early on, Corey Graves and Cesaro, you know, the people who started out post-mania, don't even have an interaction. Graves gives early orders to Corbin and Zane to stay out of the match to prove a point. The WWE has every right to fear him. Concussions and all, Corey Graves is somebody that everybody should be scared of. Even at this point, Corey locks eyes with Byron Saxton throughout the match constantly, and I mean constantly attacking the legs of his fellow competitors, people like Ricochet, people who are known for their high-flying abilities, guys like Riddle, who have been former mixed martial arts fighters, Corey Graves is set out to hurt people and bring about change that for many is something that is just should not happen. And that they should just leave the past behind. Because up to this point. Corey hasn't sustained any major head attacks. Anything particularly of the sort. He's had such dominant performances. That the concussion fear. That we've had throughout Corey Graves' career. Has become a non-factor. And so we reach the end of this Money in the Bank ladder match. The finish where Corey Graves and Cesaro finally lock eyes on the ladder. Cory Graves asks once again, as he grabs a dog tag from his pocket in his wrestling gear, do you remember Cesaro? Cesaro doesn't answer. Graves asks again, remember what you were. And he quickly, he pats Cesaro on the back. He says, remember what you can become. And then Cesaro in a thing that almost seems like he's been hypnotized or otherwise just non-existent throughout the match between the two Cesaro steps off the ladder he sees Ricochet attempting to get to the ladder via a springboard and he quickly hits an uppercut hitting Ricochet out of the air and throwing him out of the ring and he goes over to Byron Saxton or at least Cesaro does and he he grabs Byron Saxton by the throat. Not, not by the throat, you know. By, by the suit jacket. We don't want another Nexus situation. And he simply says to Byron Saxton, watch this. Pay attention to this. See what is happening. As Corey Graves grabs the Money in the Bank briefcase. He unhooks it. And Corey Graves is your winner of the Money in the Bank briefcase. Cesaro and Graves celebrate outside the ring as the older Cesaro and Corbin and Zane now decked out in similar gear to Corey Graves, this kind of mixture of like mixed denim, uh, leather and all this other sort of like ragged stuff, almost type of like post-apocalyptic type of look To trash the commentary desk. As Byron watches on. Shocked. Appalled. As the booth that Corey Graves had become so synonymous with. Is quickly and inevitably destroyed. As Corey Graves. Holds up the money in the bank briefcase. And he simply says. This is my revolution. And with it. With Corey Graves as the winner of the Money in the Bank. And what can seem like a new faction formed in WWE. We head into the final act of this story. And so we have finally reached act three. And it's the post Money in the Bank. Where Corey Graves is celebrating that he has won. The money in the bank briefcase and with it he establishes something new as all the members of his little group that he's cultivated him Sami Zayn, cesaro and baron corbin all come out with these new fancy themed jackets which we will get to the name of once we get to why he's out here corey grave starts talking about how this company made us forget who we are they turned one of my greatest rivals the real heart and soul of this business into a conspiracy theorist in Sami Zayn. or maybe we should talk about my lone wolf friend over here left to be slaughtered by managerial propaganda and financial debt oh and of course maybe maybe of course cesaro how, how can we forget about Cesaro? A man who came down to our playground and for... rhyme or reason fit like a glove. Reinvented himself and what happened? What happened? They overshadowed him. Of a beast incarnate. None of you wanted us to succeed. This entire locker room, this company, this industry... refused to let us succeed. They hid us behind... Insane amounts of pressure and expectation. They put me behind a booth. They made all of us into freaks. People who could never stand up for themselves on our own. But as a unit, as a group, we have lived and survived in a system that had wanted us dead the minute we stepped into the locker room. Whether you cheered us or you booed, we did everything to linger in this company. However, I believe it's time that we change what started as living and surviving to something different. It's about time that we stopped living and surviving, and instead, we started thriving. The group that you see before you are survivors. We're fighters. We are are the outlast and for as long as we linger in this universe we will not leave a mark on wwe we will leave a scar and with it we have a brand new faction formed all based around this money in the bank briefcase outlast is born Built in this kind of post-apocalyptic sort of design and get up all sort of ripped apart jackets. All with remnants of their old sort of time in NXT, the black and gold colours. All brought around with a simple sort of, you know, like rebellious logo. If you guys remember the old sort of like anarchy Dean Ambrose look, imagine that, but with like an O. That's the basic summary that I can think of right now. Maybe with like a skull in the middle to kind of be a reference to Corey Graves. And with it, Pierce is furious that this man has won the Money in the Bank briefcase. A guy who said that if he will win a world title or even potentially cause stuff, he's going to continue having more change and anarchy in this company that he is just trying to uphold in his I'm not a general manager role. And for the next few weeks, it becomes almost an open challenge. Week to week, he is forcing Corey Graves to defend his right to hold the Money in the Bank briefcase. Every week, he faces a new challenger for his Money in the Bank briefcase until he eventually decides to cash it in. Which he will make several attempts for, but we won't go into that. During the weeks, he defends it against Ricochet, Big E, Woods, Kofi. It basically becomes an open challenge where anybody can go for this briefcase. All building up to SummerSlam. The first show that Corey Graves debuted on pay-per-view as a official WWE commentator. Paul Heyman on the very next week in a build-up to SummerSlam parades how Roman Reigns is the tribal chief. The undefeated universal champion where nobody can ever challenge him and the status quo because he is the head of the table he is confronted by Outlast who come out from the crowd almost the old shield days and crowd the ring with Paul Heyman in it Corey Graves grabs a microphone as he's just about to speak he drops the microphone and locks in the lucky 13 on Paul Heyman Saying that I'm coming for the head of the table. And I'm taking his spot. The very next week, Adam Pearce orders Corey Graves to defend his briefcase. In order to challenge Roman Reigns, of course, at SummerSlam. Because that's his official cash-in. Against Jay Uso in the main event of the show. No accompanied by Roman Reigns, none of that stuff. With Outlast or... Sitting at ringside to prevent any of them from interfering. Roman doesn't come out because he says to Jey Uso that Corey Graves was a commentator. He's a fighter. But he's not a champion like Roman Reigns. He's not an active competitor like Roman Reigns. And he points to his gauntlet that he brings out to the ring every single week. Says one hit of this. And it's all over. So in the main event. It's Corey Graves versus Jey Uso. Graves manages to pick up the win over Jey Uso. And with it. Graves maintains the briefcase. Until J Uso comes. And attacks Corey Graves. Outlast attempt to stop Jey Uso. As he quickly hightails it out of the ring. Knowing that the numbers are indeed against him. As Adam Pierce slowly walks into the SmackDown stage and he says that Graves you've defended the briefcase week after week after week however you know I still have some fears you know I talked to Byron Saxton I've spoken to some of your colleagues on and off and there's still a, a lingering fear with you, Graves that and it's something that we've always constantly discussed. And it's that, is your head right? Is it ready to take on the Tribal Chief? Well, maybe you should prove it once again. As with this, Jimmy Uso comes out. And he says, Adam Pierce, as he simply enters the ring. Ring the bell. As this is once again another defense in the same night oh and one more thing adam pierce says outlast is banned from ringside and with it outlast are forced to leave the ring graves looking completely shocked and befuddled after taking probably one of the first major headshots in his wwe return as jimmy uso takes on corey graves in this impromptu main event once again jimmy constantly targeting the head of corey graves really trying to hit him with super kick after super kick after super kick which Corey uh, shockingly avoids until we get to the ending stretch of the match where Corey through this unshown babyface fire finds a way to lock in the lucky 13 but Jimmy grabs the ropes forcing him to take out the hold as Jimmy by hook or by crook hits a super kick After super kick after super kick as Jimmy goes for the cover. But Corey falls out of the ring. It's at this point that Jimmy rushes to the outside and he realises as he sees the briefcase to the side. It's not about winning the briefcase. It's not about winning this match and taking on Roman Reigns. It's about getting rid of this fret for good. And Jimmy simply puts Corey Graves' head to the steel ring post. And he attempts a super kick. But Corey, by hook or by crook, has enough wherewithal to get out of the way of the super kick. Having Jimmy Uso's feet damaged from the steel post. Allowing Corey to take advantage, hitting Jimmy Uso as many times in the head as he can, almost as dividends to this match. And then taking the pieces of cloth that he's taken from wrestler after wrestler after wrestler. He wraps the legs of Jimmy Uso around the post, making him unable to get into the ring for the 10 count, allowing Corey Graves to retain his money in the bank briefcase. And with it, Roman Reigns comes out. We get the stare down and Graves is going for Roman Reigns at SummerSlam for the Universal Championship. And with it, that is your build to Summerslam. Graves promising that if he wins the Universal title, he will promise a bigger and brighter and more true future of the WWE against the head of the table, the guy who's been pegged by WWE to be the next big thing for several years to come. A guy who was forced to change and change and change and change for the better against the guy reverting back, should bring back the old, good old days of his life as an active competitor. Now, usually I would give you a conclusion here. About who should win this match, who shouldn't. But I kind of want to leave this open-ended. Because I kind of think it could go either way. You could have it where Corey Graves in this almost semi-face turn, this heel versus heel Universal title match finds a way. To overcome the odds and defeat Roman in this. You know almost upset victory. Submitting the tribal chief. Or. You can have it where this once again. Reestablishes Roman Reigns' continued run as universal champion. And sets up a potential big main event star within the company. With a lingering threat over the WWE universe. And with that. And with that conclusion met and a match that will likely never happen, that is how I would book Corey Graves. Oh, that was a lot to go through <laughs> more more than I anticipated. I feel like I really tried to really go with a Corey Graves thing that. I will admit, was very last minute in making this. I I think I vaguely mentioned it on Twitter. Uh, I literally started writing it the moment I heard the news. So, yeah, this was incredibly last minute. I hope it didn't come off last minute or badly booked. I, I like to give this the best that I can. And with it, I feel like I did a decent enough job establishing Corey as a credible threat in the WWE, but also giving a sizable weakness, like with the head. And, you know, it kind of expands on the relationship between him and Byron Saxton. And including these other elements of people who were still in NXT at the time that he was in there. That That's kind of what I was going for. And hopefully, it paid off. So, with this out of the way, I'm gonna end it here. What did you guys think of this Corey Graves booking? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it meh? You can tell me on Twitter, Instagram wherever you want to go, maybe even TikTok at Wrestling with Fiction. And with it, whilst you're there, maybe, if you liked this episode, you like the concept of a Corey Graves, maybe even check out some of the other podcast episodes I've done talking about stuff as ridiculous as booking the Pokemon trainer or booking uh, freaking retirement angles like the Brock Lesnar one. Or maybe... You can leave a cheeky five star review on your favourite podcast app. It helps out a lot. It makes my job a hell of a lot easier. And with that, I want to say thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me ramble about a guy who (laughs) hasn't even had his official in-ring return yet. And with that, I'm gonna end it here. So, thank you all so much for listening. I hope All of you have a lovely day. And remember everyone, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody.